0: Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. I tell you, we are such a blessed church. I know you know that, but to have the choir and the music program and and Mark and Bobby to play the violins, like that's amazing, isn't it? Aren't they gifted? I tell you. I recall hearing Mark when I was at Florida Southern in concerts, and we get to experience him in worship at 8.15 on Sunday morning. We are blessed indeed. You may have noticed that I sound a little different today. Uh, one of the, the gifts that the school system often brings home is a bunch of sickness uh, from Paul, from our kids. They're like Petri dishes, right? And so brought, Paul brought home uh, an interesting bug for me, and so uh, I'm seeking to get over that. But they say 80% of success is showing up. So I'm counting on the Holy Spirit of myself to provide the other 20. Amen. Alright, would remind you of course in your bulletin is a devotional guide and uh, it's provided for you e- each and every week based upon the message. It's a, a way that you can continue to live with the message on your own or with a small group and we invite you to take advantage of that. Also we're doing something new with this Y series and that is uh, we will be doing Facebook live on Thursdays at 7 p.m., where I'll be answering some of your questions online live. And, of course, that will be recorded, and you can watch that later. So it's just a, a way to continue the theme of this series as we ask questions and and seek God and, and seek clarity and seek truth. So we encourage you to take advantage of that. Uh, let us be in an attitude of prayer together. Eternal God, we do thank you for the gift of another Sunday. Oh, how blessed we are as a church to be able to be provided with such gifted music and a fellowship, people who care about us. And most of all, Lord, a place we can experience you and the power of your spirit and corporate worship. We are blessed indeed. And so for that, Lord, we give you thanks. And now, Lord, you have given to me the amazing privilege and responsibility of preaching your word to these my friends and your servants, Lord. A task I always need your strength in order to do. So, Lord, speak to me and through me in such a way that all of us do receive a word from you that will make a difference to our lives. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, as I mentioned, last week I began a new message series for us entitled, Why? And the seed of this series was based upon a question that I posed on Facebook some time ago. And that question was, what question would you like a sermon to answer? And after just a day or two, I received over a hundred responses. Now, last week we tackled the first question, a big one, and that is, why does God allow suffering? Why did God allow that to happen? And the answer was, everything that happens to us is not God's will, but God has a will, and everything that happens to us. And that will is to turn our trouble into triumph. And if you didn't hear that message and if you struggle with that question, I encourage you to uh, take the transcript of it, which is provided in the Narthex, or uh, watch the video online. I believe it'll it'll help you if you struggle with that question of suffering. But today we're going to tackle what was the most popular question I received on Facebook when I made that post. And that is, why do my prayers go unanswered? Now, it was in different forms, you know. Can prayer change God's mind? Do I pray to God or do I pray to Jesus? How do I really know my prayers have been answered? How do I know that it's God's voice and not my voice? Great questions. And I imagine many of you have those same questions today. And I imagine there's some of you here in worship. Well, you've come to get a prayer answered. Now, if you grew up in church any in your life you know that prayer is important you've been taught to pray if you need guidance pray to god if you need something pray to god if you need help pray to god if you need strength pray to god but maybe you struggle today because you're not getting the results you want you're not getting your prayers answered or so you think and you're really frustrated Because you come across people who seem like they're talking with God as they eat their cornflakes every morning at the breakfast table and you feel like God is not listening. Or you come across those particular Christians who come up to you with a big smile and say, guess what happened to me today? I prayed and prayed for God to provide a parking space for me at Publix and he did and there it was right at the entrance. And you're rolling your eyes thinking, I've been praying about something serious to God. And along comes this person. I understand the frustration. I really do. I've prayed for marriages to be restored and they weren't. I've prayed for people to be healed and they they died. I've prayed for doors of ministry to be open and have been slammed in my face. I mean, sometimes, I don't know if you can relate to this, I feel like my prayers are rubber balls bouncing against the doors of heaven. And maybe you can relate. Maybe you've prayed for a promotion and you didn't get it. Maybe you prayed for a job and you didn't get it. Maybe you prayed for your marriage to be restored and it wasn't. In fact, it was very ugly. Maybe you've prayed and prayed for something and the result hasn't happened. It may be extremely frustrating, I know. And maybe you've come to worship today and you're thinking, am I doing something wrong? Is God even listening to me? Do I need to, to... Get on my knees. Is that what I need to do? Do I need to to sing the right song or say the right prayer, have the right phrasing? Am I missing something here? Now, before I go any further, I want to say this to you, that there are times when God wants to answer our prayers, but rebellion prevents it from happening. Like if you've prayed for your marriage to be restored and you and your spouse keep cheating, don't blame God. If you've prayed for a relative to be healed from a lung disease and that relative keeps smoking like a chimney, don't blame God. God never goes against free will no matter how fervent and desperate our prayers are. And sometimes God has answered our prayers and we're just too stubborn to see it. Kind of like that old story about the man that was had experienced a flood and he was on the roof of his house and the water was rising. And he was crying out desperately to God to save him. Well, along came a a boat and a canoe and a jet ski. And those three things came. And each one, he said to them, no, 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 don't worry. God is going to save me. Don't you worry. Well, the guy died. He went to heaven. He said, God, why didn't you save me? And God said, I provided a boat, a jet ski, and a canoe. What's your problem? Don't blame me. Sometimes God does answer prayer. He does. But sometimes we're just too stubborn to see it, you know? You know, if you prayed for God to get in shape and you don't use that free gym membership, don't blame God if you can't lose weight, right? And if you have times in your life where you have an ear infection and you're praying to God to heal it, Well, if you don't take the antibiotics and it keeps on hurting, don't blame God for that. Answered prayers aren't always esoteric and mystical in nature. Sometimes God answers prayer in very practical, common-sense ways, and we just don't see it. But those disclaimers aside this morning... There are times when we get very frustrated. There are those times when we pray and we don't get an answer, or so it seems. And we've been praying and praying and praying, and we wonder, is God listening? And this gives more Christians, more people I know, more problems than you can imagine. And part of that is some of the things we read in Scripture. For instance, we read the Gospel of Mark, where Jesus says this, If anyone says to this mountain, be lifted from your place and hurled into the sea and has no inward doubts but believes what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. I tell you, whenever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. How many of you have ever heard that? Well, that's what it says. And I believe in the power of prayer. I do. I preach about prayer. I believe in prayer. I believe miracles have happened, and they do happen. They'll continue to happen. I believe prayer can be transforming. Yet our experience tells us that sometimes those mountains are not moved. Sometimes those mountains stay where they are. So how do we deal with that? How do we deal with that when we've prayed and prayed and we're desperate, very desperate, and those prayers simply have not been answered? How do we deal with it Well, here's the issue. God answers prayer. I know this has become a shock to you. But sometimes God does not answer prayer in the way we expect him to. Write that down. Sometimes his answer doesn't fit our timetable. And sometimes his prayer, his answers to our prayer, does not align with our wishes. But that does not mean that God does not answer our prayers. So this morning, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to share with you, based upon my own struggle with this question and my experience dealing with parishioners struggling with this question and all the books I've read and all the experience I've had, I'm going to share with you what I believe how God usually, typically answers prayer. So you may want to write these things down. First of all, sometimes God says, Go! Can you say that? Go! Sometimes God says, go. He does. And that time when we pray and those answers come, it's beautiful. It really is. That means I'm going to be with you. God says, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to go with you. So go. I say, yes. You know, there are times when that happens. We pray for a job. The next day we get a phone call and poof, that job is there. There are times when we pray for our soulmate and one day we're, We're walking somewhere and poof, that soulmate comes. Now by a show of hands, how many of you wish prayer always worked like that? Yeah, right. What child doesn't want their parent always to say yes, right? We always want our parents to say yes. Paul is always pleading, say yes, say yes, yes. Mom said no, say yes, say yes. But let me ask you this. Do we think it's a good idea to always say to our children, yes, I think we know the answer to that, right? Too often we think that if God doesn't give us what we want and when we want it, that means God doesn't answer our prayers. And that's simply not the case, because sometimes God says, whoa, whoa, that means yes, but not yet. You see... God wants to give to us what is best for us, but God also wants to give that to us when it is best for us. You know, football coaches know this. That's why they often redshirt freshmen quarterbacks or redshirt particular positions. Because they know it can be dangerous to put that particular person who has all the gifts and all the ability and to give him too much responsibility too soon. Because it'll either go to their head if they're successful. Or if they had a bad experience, it'll break their spirit. Sometimes we have to wait. And one of the greatest battles that I think parents have to face is giving their children too much too soon. Does that sound familiar? I mean, it's a good idea to to teach your kids how to drive a car. But maybe when they're six years old, it's not a good idea. Like my son Paul. Well, I have a Jeep Wrangler. I I love my Jeep. Anybody have a Jeep in here? I'll give you the Jeep wave. There you go. I love my Jeep. And every time we get out of that car, and Paul loves it, he loves it when we put the top down. He just has a good time. But whenever we get out of the car, he always has to wait and sit in the driver's seat and act like he's driving it. Daddy, when are you going to teach me how to drive this thing? Paul, (laughs) in a few years. Not right now. I'm definitely going to teach him, but now is not the best time when he's six years old. There are times when God eventually does get around to answering our prayers, but we have to wait. We have to wait for it and get the right timing with God's timetable. And we can live with that, can't we? We can live with those two answers. Go and woe, but it's the next one we have problems with. Amen? And sometimes God says, no. See, here's the trick. God may have answered your prayers, and you just don't like the answer. Sometimes God simply says no. Now, God can say no to any person at any time because, well, God is God, and we are not. You know that God said no to some of the greatest figures in the Bible? He really did. If you go through scriptures, you can see when God did not answer the prayers of these biblical heroes that they wanted answered. Without question, we can think about the Apostle Paul. Remember the Apostle Paul? One of the greatest figures in the Bible. Greatest figures in the history of the church. But we all know, or many of us know, if we've studied Paul... That he prayed and prayed and prayed for a thorn in the flesh to be removed from him. And, and scholars have debated what that is or what that was. He had a, he had a hearing problem. He had a sight problem. He had gout. We don't know, but all we know is that Paul prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for God to answer his prayer and to take the thorn away. And how did God answer? Take a look. Second Corinthians. My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. God lovingly said to Paul, I'm not going to take it from you, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the grace to deal with it. I'm going to give you the grace to help you cope with it. I'm going to give you the grace to do it. Why? We don't know. Maybe to keep Paul humble. Maybe for some reason God had a bigger plan. So why in the world would God answer things like that and answer our prayers like that? Well, here it is, folks. God's perspective is bigger and better than ours because God has something that none of us have. God has a bigger picture. God has a better picture. That's why the prophet Isaiah says this in Isaiah 55. This plan of mine is not what you would work out. Neither are my thoughts the same as yours. For my ways are higher than yours, And hear me, so often, we don't see what God sees. You see, God sees the consequences of saying yes to our prayers. Here's what we need to realize, and we often don't think of prayer this way. Prayer has a ripple effect, a chain reaction, a change reaction. I mean, when I pray for something, I don't know how it's going to affect my life ten years from now. And when I pray for something, I don't know how it's going to affect my family down the road. And when I pray for something, I I have no idea how it's going to affect the church or the people around me. You see, that's what God sees. That's what God sees. And sometimes, because God can see those things, sometimes God has to say no. Because we don't see it. For example, take the Apostle Paul again. Some of you biblical scholars know that Paul, he desperately wanted to go to Spain. He wanted to go to Spain, to spread the gospel in Spain. And God said, no, you're going to Rome. And Paul went to Rome. And what happened when he went to Rome? He was arrested, put in prison, and in chains. And you may wonder, why would God set Paul up to fail? Do you remember what happened? It was in prison... That Paul wrote most of the New Testament in prison. So if Paul had gone to Spain, we may not have the New Testament. God sees things that we don't see. God knows things that we don't know. So here's the truth I believe. When it comes to our prayers to God and our wishes to God... There are two criteria God looks at, I believe. These two questions. What is for our good and what is for God's glory? No matter how eloquent, profound, desperate, urgent our prayers are, if our prayers don't match those two things, God's going to say no. You know, Hebrews chapter 11, very interesting chapter. It's the Hall of Faith. Some of you know that chapter in scripture where it talks about all the heroes of faith. By faith, someone did this. By faith, Abraham did that. By faith, Moses did this. By faith, by faith. It's very inspiring, but sometimes we miss a couple of verses in that chapter where it says this in verses 39 through 40. Take a look. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Because God, look at this, God had planned something better. Planned something better. There are some times that God says no, and we hurt. And we're in pain, and we're disappointed, and we don't understand, and we are desperate. And we don't realize that God is planning something so much better. You know, if you get to feeling disappointed about unanswered prayer, you know, a good thing to do is maybe to go to a, a high school reunion sometime. And look at maybe some of those people that back in the day you really wanted to marry, and they look much different now. And their lives are much different now. And you can thank God for saying no to that prayer. Amen? Whenever I look at my beautiful, wonderful, stunning wife, and then I think about the women that I probably could have married, I thank God for unanswered prayer, let me tell you. It's true. You know, it's easy to trust God when he says yes, isn't it? But when he says no, it's it's a different story. Faith is not Trusting in God when he says yes. Faith is trusting in God when he says no. Knowing He has something better in mind. But maybe that's not enough for you today. Maybe you're thinking, well, Charlie, that sounds all well and good. I guess it sounds good. I guess it sounds wise. But I am desperate. I have been praying and praying for something. There has been no answer. I am frustrated. I don't know what to do. Do you have an answer to that? Maybe you're thinking, what about that passage you read earlier? When Jesus said, if you pray for that mountain to be moved, it will be moved. What's up with that? My my mountain has not been moved. I need it to be moved. Why hasn't it been moved? Well, let's go back to that. In first century Jewish culture, moving mountains was a figure of speech. That didn't mean that well, we get whatever we want, or a literal mountain is moved. It was a figure of speech that meant removing difficulty. So I believe that when Jesus said that, he didn't mean you'll, you'll just get whatever you ask for. I believe Jesus was saying, let me tell you, when you pray to me, I will give you the strength and guidance and power you need to get through your challenge, to get through your difficulty. There's an old saying, When a door is closed, a window is often opened. I believe that. It sounds cliche and it sounds cheesy, but I believe that God provides that. When a door is shut sometimes, God often opens another door. But here's the problem I've seen. So often we get stuck in our prayer life, in our spiritual life, because we keep looking and staring at the door that's been shut. Instead of asking God, lead me to the door that you have opened. And I understand I've been there. You know, half the time our prayer life is just looking at the door that's shut. Why is it shut? Why is this, has this not been answered? Why is it closed? And sometimes we need to change the way we pray and say, Lord, guide me to a different way to see this. Guide me to the way you see this. Guide me to that door that's been opened. Lead me to it. Guide me to it. But in order for that to happen, and this might be the most important thing I say this morning, in order for that to happen, we have to see prayer more than just giving our order to God. So often we think that's what prayer is. It's not. Prayer is not bending God's will to our will. Prayer is bending our will to God's will. Prayer doesn't change God. It changes us. In prayer, we don't get what we want from God. We come to a place where we get what we need from God. You see the difference? Prayer is intimate communication with God. I recall being on vacation when I was a teenager with my parents. And, you know, I got up early one day and I wanted to to ride in a canoe and everybody was asleep. I thought, you know, this will be nice to get up early in the morning and, and uh, paddle with this canoe around the lake and have a good time with that. So I did. And I paddled around. Everything was so calm. It was so peaceful. Well, then I did a very dumb thing. I, I dropped the oar in the water. And there I was just kind of drifting around. And I thought everybody was asleep. I'm, I'm going to be stuck out here for a long time. And then I saw somebody walking. On the shore, you know, and I, I said, hey, 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 I'm stuck. I'm sorry. I, I dropped my oar in the water. And the guy, I, he was far away, but he had the posture like if this had happened before. Another vacationer dropping his oar in the water. Well, I was close enough to the dock, thankfully, where the guy grabbed the rope. He was gone for a little while, but he grabbed the rope and he threw it out to me. And he tied it to the dock and said, pull yourself in. Then he walked away. At least it gave me the rope. Well, then I began to pull myself in. Pull myself in. And I experienced this optical illusion as I began to pull myself in. It looked like for a, a moment, especially with the way the sun was shining, that I was pulling the dock towards me. Pulling the dock towards me. That wasn't happening. As I was pulling, I was pulling myself closer to the dock. That's what prayer does. The more we pull in prayer, the more often we pray. We pull ourselves closer to God Almighty in His heart and his will, and his love. And the more we do that, the more we can discern why he answers our prayers the way he does. The more we do that, the more we can discern his voice, between his voice and ours. The more we do that, the more we're in line with God's will and what he wants. We need to remember that the same God who created the universe is waiting to hear from us. The same God who split the Red Sea is waiting to hear from us. The same God who helped David defeat Goliath is waiting to hear from us. The same God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is waiting to hear from us. And when we do that, and when we pray, we can be confident that whatever the answer is will always be for our good. It will always be for God's glory. Let's pray. Eternal God, we we come to you in prayer. Some of us frustrated. And we pull ourselves closer to you. Lord, there may be prayers that are never answered in the way we think. And on this side of of heaven, we may never understand. But Lord, we still trust in your presence. And Lord, for those who have experienced the door being slammed, I, I ask that you would guide them by your grace and turn them to a door that you have opened. Help us to trust in you, Lord. A great God who sees much more than we do. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for coming to worship today. I appreciate you being patient through this raspy voice. We'll tell you that I've been on antibiotics, so I'm not contagious. So if, uh, but if you choose not to greet me, believe me, I get it. I understand. Receive this benediction. And I may that mind that was in Christ Jesus be in you also. May the love of God our Heavenly Father abide with you this day and throughout this week. May the guidance and power of the Holy Spirit fall fresh upon you. And the faith and fellowship of all true disciples of Jesus Christ go with you and sustain you both now and forevermore. Amen.